The following program, The Voice for Southeast Texas, is paid for by the Dana Steele Campaign. Welcome from the Associated Credit Union of Texas studio. This is The Voice for Southeast Texas with Houston radio legend and Texas Radio Hall of Famer, Dana Steele.
Vinyl Draft Radio is recorded live in the Associated Credit Union of Texas studio. If you would like to be in the studio audience for Dana's show, contact info at vinyldraft.com. That's info at V-I-N-Y-L-D-R-A-U-G-H-T dot com. Now, back to more of Dana Steele, the voice for Southeast Texas from the Associated Credit Union of Texas studio. Good morning and welcome to the um, the inaugural The Voice for Southeast Texas. I'm Dana Steele. I'm back in my natural habitat. <laughs> you know, the headphones, it'll be great today. I'll have a, um, a headphone trench again, just like uh, all those years at KLOL. Thank you if you're joining us uh, on Facebook Live. How are you? Um, you know, a couple of, you know, brand new show. We're, we're figuring out, getting all the bumpers in order. You know, something's running a little bit backwards, but that's okay. We're figuring it out. Mm-hmm. Got a great folks working in the control room that you don't get to see. Can, can they see them on that camera? It's uh, Leon and Tegan there in the uh, control room. Thank you. Uh, I'm going to be talking with the creators of Vinyl Draft uh, Networking and Vinyl Draft Radio here, who came up with a very unique concept, Bertrand and uh, Doug, that you can see on the film on the, the cameras if you're watching it on Facebook Live going to be talking about that also going to be joined a little bit later on in the hour by pastor joe miller uh pastor joe is one of the first people to reach out to me when i decided to run for congress and um uh, he he used to live in our area he used to be an engineer he got the calling Uh, i'm going to let him tell his story a little bit later on but he moved up to newton county newton county is the farthest you can get in um, congressional district 36 here in texas southeast texas it is way up in southeast texas at the louisiana border um and it's probably one of the most forgotten districts one of the most forgotten areas in our district pastor joe went up there he runs the food bank he works so much with a lot of the folks up there so we're going to talk to him about some of the issues that are totally forgotten uh, especially by those of us that are in um the harris county part of district 36 where um things are pretty good for us things are pretty good but once you start to work your way up into the district um, you don't see those sort of things. And that's what this show is going to be about. It's going to be about the issues that affect all of us in CD36. I want to be the voice for Southeast Texas, not only as your congresswoman, but uh, as as um, a podcaster, as a radio host here on Vinyl Draft Radio. A couple of notes I wanted to pass on, um, just to give you an idea, some of the guests we're going to be having on. Mark Kelly, former astronaut Mark Kelly, a good friend of all of ours. My husband you know, flew for NASA for 30 years, wonder husband, Charlie Justice, trained Mark and all of the astronauts how to land the shuttle. Um, um, just like I found myself all of a sudden in the last couple of years as the reluctant expert on Alzheimer's, something I would have never chosen for myself or anyone, Mark has found himself at the forefront as a spokesperson um, for speaking out against gun violence. Mark is going to be a guest on the show. Hopefully next week we're going to talk about what's happened. Uh, we can't possibly start a podcast today and talk about issues in the district without acknowledging our neighbors um, outside of San Antonio in Sutherland Springs, 26 people gunned down on Sunday. Just uh, an, an incredibly sad story and one that brings up the topic of gun reform and it's something we have to talk about. Is it too early to talk about it? No. It's too late for those folks. So um, we'll be talking. I'll be talking about it on Facebook. I'll be talking about it on Twitter. We'll be talking about it here on the radio. And Mark will hopefully be joining us next week to talk about what you can do 
and what he means by the courage to stand up against gun violence. Um, we're also going to be speaking with uh, an attorney by the who goes by the moniker the flood attorney. He received that title, that uh, that moniker, after he helped so many people after Katrina. And he is headed to the Clear Lake area here in the next few days. We're going to try to sit him down. If he can't be live with us next week, we'll at least get him uh, uh, recorded talking about if you have feel like you have been wronged, by FEMA, ignored by FEMA, turned down by FEMA. We're going to find out what you can do. We need to find out where's the money, where's it going, why are people not getting it. All over this district, all nine counties in uh, 36 declared federal disaster areas. And as I drive around the district, I was in Livingston the other night. I was in Orange County last week. I hear the same thing over and over again. Where's the money? Where's the help? Not only from FEMA, but all of these great charities. J.J. Watt raised millions of dollars, and we thank him for that. Where is the money going? There was a telethon that was originally for Hurricane Harvey, and it ended up having to be for Harvey, Irma, Maria, and and wildfires. Um, Where's that money? Where is it being distributed? Who's in charge of it? And how is it getting to folks in the district. So those are just some of the things we're going to be talking about. And then we're going to talk with we're going to talk with some fun people. Um, um, there's some great new books out. We're going to talk with people about health care. We're going to talk about Medicare for all. Yes. If you'd asked me two years ago, I would have said mm, no. But I think we've gone so far with big pharma and, and insurance companies taking advantage of us. So we're going to be talking to experts. So all kinds of things. But what's important today, it's election day. Please go vote today. It's not a sexy election. It's just very, you know, some people are voting for governors. Some are voting for mayors. I know um, in my precinct, it was just seven amendments on uh, the uh, for the state of Texas. So again, not a really exciting or sexy election uh, here in southeast Texas. But it's a good way to get into the habit of finding out how do you vote, where do you vote, where's your precinct. And let me say this loud and clear. If you do not have a photo ID, and there are people who do not have a photo ID, uh, if you're older and your photo ID has expired in the last couple of years, they're not going to accept that. It's really important that you know you do not have to have a photo ID to vote in the state of Texas. Um, I got into a big argument when I went to early vote with the precinct judge who said, yes, you do, little lady. (laughs) Yeah, that went over well. That went over well. Uh, So I'm going to tell you the acceptable forms of photo ID, a Texas driver's license, a Texas election identification certificate issued by DPS, uh, a personal ID card issued by DPS, a license to carry a handgun issued by DPS. By the way, your handgun license works. Your student identification doesn't. (laughs) (sighs) Let me do that sigh again. Uh, Military ID card with your photograph. A citizenship certificate showing your photograph, a passport. Those are all acceptable. Again, your student ID cannot be used. I don't know why. Let's just fight it. Uh, If you don't have any of those acceptable forms of ID, you can use a valid voter registration certificate, that thing you get in the mail. You can use an original copy of your birth certificate. A copy of a utility bill, a copy of a bank statement with your address, a copy of a government check, 
a copy of a paycheck or a copy of a government document with your name and an address. Maybe your FEMA park paperwork, <laughs> uh, as long as it has your name and address on it. And if anybody tries to tell you differently, you say absolutely no. And in fact, it is posted right out the door, right outside the door before you walk in to cast your vote. You point to that and say, yes, I can. Now, you may have to fill out a form, and it's a pretty long form, and it's what they do to try to discourage and suppress the vote here in the state of Texas. But stand your ground. If they turn you away and tell you any of these are not acceptable, post it on my Facebook, post it on my Twitter, and uh, we will uh, we will take it from there because we are making sure that um, a lot of the election judges are, are following us. So let's get on to our first guest today, the creators of Vinyl Draft Networking, Vinyl Draft Radio, uh, Bertrand McHenry and Doug Meisinger, who also happen to own this radio station. But I thought, you know, I we would uh, I would uh, I would bring them in. Thank you so much for giving me this opportunity. I mean, of course, I'm, I'm, I'm paying for the airtime, paid for by the Dana Steele campaign. <laughs> um, there's all kinds of rules, and uh, so we had to do that. But um, I want to go back, explain what Vinyl Draft Networking is, because the first time I met Bertrand and he started telling me about this, um, you know, I'm, I love networking. AOL called me, uh, if, you, if you remember AOL, AOL called me a long time ago, um, uh, one of the country's leading career networkers. Everything you do, every bit of success you have comes from somebody you knew. Mm. And, and when you don't succeed at something, it, 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 more often than not, it's because you didn't know the right people. You didn't have the right relationship. And networking is about creating true relationships and doing things for other people. So a, a brief explanation of what Vinyl Draft Networking is and how and why you started it. Well, Vinyl Draft Networking is a, is an upscale event specifically for the Clear Lake area um, for business uh, high high level business people to get together and form relationships, and it's kind of built around three things that Doug and I love, which are well, it's you know to take it a little bit further back, it, it's and you really hit on something because there's not a lot of actual networking that goes on in networking events, mm. which is why I hate them so much, <laughs> and. Really, it's the, the business card cycle. It, it really is. And, and Bertrand and I used to have this regular 8 o'clock coffee meeting on Fridays, mm-hmm. and we were kind of discussing that, and I told him, that, oh, my boss is thinking I should do a networking event, and I, I just hate him. Mm. And Bertrand, being a business coach, he immediately just sorts, you know, he flips open his notepad. Well, what do you hate about him? Mm. And I started giving him everything I dislike about him and the things that I find uncomfortable, and he's just figuring out a way where you can eliminate those things. Mm. And... I thought, well, okay, then I wouldn't hate it. I still wouldn't enjoy it. And he said, then you build it around what you like. And Mm. I I remember saying to him, yeah, nobody's going to go to a a networking event based on craft beer, cigars, and records. (laughs) And he looks at me and he goes, of course they will. It's just grown-up stuff from what you did in your garage. It it pretty much is. And, And it never really occurred to me. And when he said that, for him, it may have just been a passing little comment. I, I thought about it all day. And, um... I called him that night, and I, a name popped in my head. I just like the name was just, and I called him. He got it immediately, and we went to work on on setting it up. And we didn't rush into it. It was months. Yeah, it was well, I know several. it took you guys a long time because mm-hmm. when I when t- you first started telling me the concept, Bertrand. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't see anything for a while. And then when I did see it, it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then when we finally launched it, we had we had the the idea kind of in the bag 
took us a while to catch on, but I told him early on, we're going to attract the people in our tribe. We're not going to attract the whole world. This won't be for everybody, and that's mm-hmm. totally 100% okay. By design, it's that way. Yeah. We eliminated some, some groups of people by design because that's what we wanted. So one of the things we did was we instituted the dress code, and it's mm-hmm. not big. It's just business casual and above. We just wanted to eliminate the flip-flops and the T-shirts and the shorts. Um, so the Chuck Taylor tennis shoes I'm wearing right now under the table are probably – I call them my Joan Jett shoes. Joan, Joan Jett and I wear the same tennis shoes. Nice. Yeah, we may make an exception for okay. you. Okay. But I think what the, the thing about the cigars, the uh, vinyl music, and the craft cocktails and craft beer is that, you know, as Doug said before, all of those things take longer to make than mass production. But for the people who are into that, people who are into vinyl music, the payoff's huge. And we feel exactly the same way about true relationships it takes longer to build those things but the payoff is is enormous and and so it's better than this business card aerobics that we see at most where people are actually canvas, oh, like canvassing that. their business room card aerobics that's good yeah because you know i see it all the time i see it over and over again and all the the that's what i've done for the last you know 10 years since i left radio was business conferences writing business books mm. and and speaking to business conferences and and i bring it up again and again it is about true relationships and i like mm-hmm. how you how you relate that to uh, the, the records and the the craft beer the craft drinks but I see it. I still see it every single time I go to any sort of event. Mm-hmm. It's people passing out business cards and then complaining a few days later that they got nothing out of right. it. Right. And that's yeah. the thing. So when we meet, if the first thing I do is pull out my business card, then I've just short-circuited authentic conversation. Now we've gone to shorthand. Oh, oh, business card. Okay, what do you do? What do you do? So we make this agreement to just do shallow talk for the next, and we're trying to impress each other. We're not right. connecting. I'm thinking of how can I can worm my way into your conversation, your world, and get a deal. And, um, and that's not what networking events are all about. Well, and I would always find myself the next day with a stack of business cards sitting on a table, and I'm leafing through them, and I have no idea who any of these people are. You can't remember what what you talked about or Mm -hmm. or anything. So, you know, instead of – and I I think for some people, they, they look at that as success. Oh, I yeah. passed out a oh, whole stack. mess of business cards, yeah, and, and how I got many this got? whole stack. It's some kind of a measurable. <laughs> I, got, yeah. I got 50. Yeah. Okay, here's one of my pet peeves with networking is that you do go to one of these events, and you do connect with somebody, and you do have a great conversation, and you find something in common, and and you agree to to exchange information, and you promise something, or somebody promises you something. Oh, I saw a great article. I'm going to send it to you. Mm. Or, um, oh, I know just the person that would be perfect for that. I will make an introduction. And then crickets. Yeah. <laughs> crickets. crickets. Nothing. Nothing. Follow us. I, I tell people, return calls, return emails mm. uh, within 24 to 48 hours, mm-hmm. even if it's just to say, I am slammed. Mm-hmm. I promise you I've seen this, and I'll get to you when I can. Mm-hmm. But when you promise somebody with, that you've just met, that there's a potential relationship there, whether it's you know personal or business, when mm-hmm. you promise somebody something, Follow up immediately. Follow up yeah. the next day because mm-hmm. it makes that person know that you thought they were important enough to take that time right. and say, you know, here's that article we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's some more information on that event we were talking about. Or if it's just, I, you know what, I can't find it right now, but mm-hmm. I promise you this weekend when things calm down, I will send you this information. I joke, but it's not really a joke, is that. I would get on stage at these conferences, and I was getting to the point where I just wanted to look at the audience and go, why are you paying me 
to tell you to follow up, return calls, mm. do things for others, and thank people. Mm. Why are you? I mean, it's fabulous you were paying me to do that. Um, but I've written almost eight books around it. You know, I've got one book on Alzheimer's, and the other seven are pretty much, here's what you need to mm-hmm. do to succeed. Right. And that's just that's sort of simplistic, but that's where I go with a lot of things. It's, it's, it's simple is good. Yeah, simple, mm-hmm. simple is good, simple is elegant. What's the old saying? Everything I needed to know as an adult I learned in kindergarten. You know, be yeah. polite, be nice. Uh, do nice things for people, follow up, you know, those types of things. And follow-up's a huge thing. People go to these events, they collect all those cards, and then they do nothing with them. And I think people are under this misguided impression that if I get this stack of cards, I'll, I'll put it on my desk so my boss can see it. Because my boss is thinking, I paid for you to go to this chamber event or a chamber membership. I don't want to see a return on that. Mm-hmm. So, so let me put this stack of cards here so he can see it or she can see it. But that's not really immeasurable. What do you get out of that? What do you get out of that stack of cards? Right. Networking is just forming true relationships with people and doing things for people without, you know, expecting anything oh, yeah. in return. And and I do and I do, you know, carry it back sometimes to politics. Is this is what I'm seeing as business as usual in mm-hmm. Washington these days is um, all of our Congress people, all of our senators, or at least a good majority of um, the House and the Senate, do things based on what's in it for them or what's mm. in it for the pocketbook, right. what's in it for big business, what's in it for their biggest supporters. They're not doing it as it, what, what's in it for right. the district, for the people. Um, so I always go back to if you want to succeed, in order to succeed, do your best to make someone else successful. Mm. Work really hard not to succeed yourself, but to help someone else be successful. And it comes back to you over and over again. Now, go back to Vinyl Draft Networking. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about the radio and, and some of the other um, uh, folks that are involved with this. How do people get involved with Vinyl Draft Networking? Because this is I've been once. It's a really cool event. Mm-hmm. There is somewhat of a dress code, which was nice. Everybody looks great. It's a great thing to come to after work. Um, Doug was spending some records. Doug spent uh, a good amount of time in the record business, mm-hmm. the music mm-hmm. business, all those years ago. Can't shake it. And uh, Yeah, it just kind of sticks to us, doesn't it? And um, there were great drinks and great food. So talk a little bit about how people get involved and get invited to this event. So they can go to VinylDraft.com. That's V-I-N-Y-L-D-R-A-U-G-H-T.com. It's the old English spelling of draft for draft beer. And they can find it's always the third Tuesday of every single month. We have it at Preamble out on 45 behind Cavender's Boot City. And it is a great location. It starts uh-huh. at 7, 7 to 9. Um, uh-huh. This next one is on the 21st of this month. Is that right? It is. It's 80s night. 21st of this month, it's 80s night. So we may have some Pat Benatar. We may have some uh, Joan Jett. We may have some uh, uh, some great classic music like that. But as they come in the door, you're required to kind of surrender your business cards and these business card holders we have at the front table. Because we, we want the message to be, of course, people exchange business cards. We know that. But we want the message to be, we want people to be on notice that we want you to enjoy yourself, have some conversations, connect, not necessarily talk about business. But we see people on their way out grabbing biscuits cards of the people they spoke to, which is exactly what we want. Right. We have... Um, you can take what you want. You don't have to. Yeah. Nothing is forced on you. Exactly. And for me, my favorite thing is when I have spoken to somebody at maybe the second or third consecutive vinyl draft that they've been in, 
and I just now found out what they do. Mm. I mm-hmm. love that. To me, that's when it works mm-hmm. because it was more about getting to know somebody as a person, and then right. it comes to what they do. And a lot of times, you're going to run into people and go, you know what? I'm never going to do business with that person, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. That has to be okay. You're not going to do business with everybody. And I'll teach you a little trick I learned in radio. Um, One of my, I had 13 program directors in 14 years or something crazy at KLOL, but one of my early program directors, Rick Lambert, used to to hotline me and say, quit saying all of you in here, out there. He said, when you're on the radio and you're speaking to people, it doesn't matter how many people are listening to you, everybody has one heart, one soul, Mm. one brain, one set of ears, and they want to know you're talking to them. And I've tried to teach people in business the same thing. When you're speaking to a crowd, whether it's a conference room or a huge conference, um, say you, we, um, make that personal connection with Mm -hmm. people. So when you're at a networking event, that's it. You want that personal Mm -hmm. one-on-one connection Mm. when you're talking to people. Uh, Real quick, I I want both of you to talk about what your background is before we run out of time in this segment. Also want to remind folks, uh, Pastor Joe Miller from Newton County is going to be coming up in a few minutes uh, after the bottom of the hour on The Voice for Southeast Texas. It's a brand new podcast that we started today here at Vinyl Draft Radio. I'm Dana Steele, and I will be speaking to folks in Southeast Texas, specifically Congressional District 36, to find out what are the issues, what do you like, what do you not like what do you need what um what do we need to do to make it better health care education jobs those are the things i keep going back to and those will be a lot of our topics health care hmm. education jobs health care plus education equals jobs healthy educated people work and hire and create so that's mm. what this show is all about bertrand mchenry yes, where ma'am. did you come from what is your background wow i grew up in dickinson texas right down the road my dad was uh, work, worked for nasa for 40 years uh, so he started in 1962 so i've been in this area my whole life um okay wait a minute and yes. we're, aren't we in the building aren't we in the yes place where your dad works when my dad retired from nasa he went to work for l3 communications here in this building in this suite and actually i'm in his office so it kind of worked cool. out. Yeah, it's very, very cool. Very legacy oriented. Uh, but uh, I went straight into sales from college, uh, cut my teeth in the sales world, cold calling, old school, and started training and managing, transferred that into uh, business coaching. And I owned, when Doug and I met, I was owning a company called uh, Referral Institute. I was teaching entrepreneurs how to develop referral marketing strategies that were predictable. And that's where we met. And uh, at that point, when we started talking, we knew each other for a couple of years mm-hmm. through BNI, and mm-hmm. then we started talking. Then we started meeting for coffee, and then the yeah. event happened. Then we started a podcast. Oh, oh, let me jump. This is one of my favorite stories to tell about him. One of the earlier times I met him, I asked him to sign his book, and the way he signed his book, he, he said oh, yeah. something else, but he said something to the effect of, "I look forward to doing business with you at some point in the future." And mm-hmm. I look at it now, and I think, "Boy, if you only knew." <laughs> All right, before we run out of time, your background, Doug. Right. Uh, uh, born in Springfield, Illinois, moved to Texas. Dad had one too many winners, moved us to Texas when I was 10 years old. Um, you know, just typical uh, childhood wound up kind of just stumbling into the music business, uh, going to work for EMI, which is Virgin Records, Capitol Records, Blue Note. I think we had 23 labels under underneath the EMI umbrella at that time and, and did that for probably a little longer than I should. Hmm. 
Um, it's a rough way of life. I probably don't need to tell you. I always tell people when you look at me, you're just looking at the result of a lot of poor decisions <laughs> made as a younger man. But um, well, we'll get into those on another yeah, show. Well, yeah, that's a part of the show. So real quick, you you're with the Clear Lake Chamber. You yes, got eight yes. seconds. Do it. Uh, Clear Lake Chamber, CEO of ClearLakeToday.com. Uh, you know, it's uh, we'll do this again and we'll go to a little bit. To, okay, we'll do. A little bit we'll, more. we'll talk a little bit more. So we're going to take a break. We got more music for you. That's what's fun. We're not only going to be talking about um, uh, Southeast Texas, but playing a little bit of music as well. We are the voice for Southeast Texas. I'm Dana Steele, and we will be back in a few minutes. You're listening to the voice for Southeast Texas, Dana Steele.
Final Draft Radio is recorded live in the Associated Credit Union of Texas studio. If you would like to be in the studio audience for Dana's show, contact info at vinyldraft.com. That's info at V-I-N-Y-L-D-R-A-U-G-H-T dot com. Now, back to more of Dana Steele, the voice for Southeast Texas from the Associated Credit Union of Texas studio. It's nice to be back in my natural habitat with my uh, my headphones in a, in a studio all by myself. You know, here we are again. Actually got a great staff. It's our very first day for doing The Voice for Southeast Texas. And, uh, you know, we're getting it all together. So thank you for being with us. You can watch live on the Vinyl Draft Radio Facebook page. If you have questions, I've got my um, uh, Twitter account pulled up. It's Dana Steele, D-A-Y-N-A-S-T-E-E-L-E. Just uh, tag me there on uh, on Twitter, and you're you're welcome to ask something there. We are going to use this show to talk about issues uh, that affect all of us in Southeast Texas, uh, the good and the bad. One of the bad being, of course, we all just went through. A horrendous experience with Harvey. I took 29 inches of water in my house. And there's there's worse stories. There's horror stories. There's all kinds of stories. Now, as we all try to recover and rebuild, uh, the question seems to be is, where's the money? Where is the money? Uh, next week, we're going to be speaking with, <coughs> excuse me, an attorney who's known as the flood attorney after Katrina. He's going to talk to us about what you can uh, do with FEMA if you have uh, not talked to FEMA yet. FEMA has ignored you. FEMA has denied or has not uh, given you what you think you needed to rebuild. We're going to talk about that. By the way, FEMA has extended the deadline once again if you haven't applied for FEMA benefits in this area till November the 30th. So make sure you get that done. Um, Joining me today for the first show, and I'm I'm really excited to have him uh, because he was really one of the first people that reached out to me in the district when I made the decision to run for Congress in CD36 here in Texas. And that is Pastor Joe Miller um, talking to us on the phone from Newton County. Pastor Joe, good morning. Good morning. It's so good. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this. Now, I want to give people a little bit about your background. You actually okay. lived um, in the El Lago Seabrook area. Tell me what you, where'd you live, what'd you do, and how'd you oh. end up in Newton? Okay, well, that's a good question. Yes, I lived a number of years in Seabrook, uh, lived a year in El Lago, lived in the what is commonly called the Clear Lake area, and lived there for like 13, 14 years. Uh, at that time, I was an, an engineer in industry, and I ended up going back to seminary at a, a somewhat advanced age and uh, ended up uh, with the pastorate there in Seabrook, and then uh, in one year in Galveston, and then sent to Newton, Texas by our bishop. Uh, had no clue what Newton, Texas was like, or even East Texas in general, but uh, found uh, found our home here, and now we've ended up uh, settling in this part of the District 36, which, is, by the way, is quite a bit different from the rest of the district. Well, and that's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on, because not only were you one of my earlier, you know, supporters that reached out that wanted to know more, uh, uh, my family, wonder husband, son 2.0 and 3.0, and myself, we spent my birthday working in the Newton Food Share, the food bank that you and your wife run there. Yes. You know, I was very, I guess that was one of the things that was most surprising when I decided to run for the district. 
Um, I grew up driving in and out of Southeast Texas because my mom was from Tyler, Texas, and we would drive up through Livingston and Lufkin to go visit grandparents and assorted relatives. Uh, so I remembered how beautiful the area was, the pine trees, the red dirt. Um, but one thing I think a lot of people don't realize is the poverty, the lack of services, the lack of internet, the lack of health care, and, and the list goes on. Tell us what makes Newton different from Clear Lake. Well, some of the things you just, uh, you just mentioned. The pine trees at one time, that was a significant industry here in East Texas. By the way, uh, we're about the city of Newton, which is the county seat, it's about 150 miles northeast of Houston to give people an idea of how far away we are uh, geographically. But uh, at one time, like the turn of the 19th century to the 20th century, and even up until, oh, 1940, 1950, uh, the industry here was significant in terms of lumber, uh, taking down the virgin forest and taking trees to mills that were in the area. And there were a lot of jobs through that, whether it was uh, making uh, lumber, making paper, uh, a variety of different things. Everything was clear cut. And in the 1950s, 60s, a lot of it was replanted. And now it's, of course, replaced every time there are trees taken down. But the industry for the people here is not doing well at all. All the mills in our area have shut down. And so you see a lot of log trucks leaving with a lot of logs, but they're going somewhere else to where jobs are. So in our area, uh, when I first moved here in 04, the number one employer was the local prison and the prison now is shut down. So now the employment is either the school system, the county government, our various and sundry, very, very small operations and still people working in the forest. But the the um, the poverty is is overwhelming in general. I can remember after Rita, which, of course, devastated this area, just as Harvey has going out into people's homes that had been damaged and providing liaison with a Mennonite disaster service and other operations that were rebuilding. And the living conditions here are so different from what I was uh, used to. And, and of course the other part of the district where I live, just dramatically different. It would be hard to explain without people seeing some of the conditions in which people live here uh people when you first go in it's like going into a third world country uh literally in terms of what their uh facilities are and what their availability there's no jobs uh medical care is extremely uh, thin if that's the right word and uh there are very very few safety nets there's a little salvation army unit that does a little bit there is our food bank so people don't have to go hungry but as far as jobs as far as medical uh, as far as just about anything that you take for granted even a uh, employment agency workforce solutions they moved out the clinic moved out when i first came so basically it's a lot of people living in paradise as far as the beauty you mentioned the beauty it is it's like the next thing to heaven but get sick, have a heart attack, uh, anything like that, and you're in trouble. Well, and basic, sir, I mean, if you want to eat, 
if you want to eat and the, the poverty now one of the things i hear from a lot of people that that you know uh, from the other side as i like to say it uh why don't they move why don't they what? just pick up and move and go find a job why why just move so what's the answer to that well some do uh, and some commute we have people that commute like to port arthur to some of the chemical refining plants and so on and drive that distance which is uh, a pretty good drive in the morning and in the evening or whatever shift they're working so some do the uh, culture is difficult for people to like overcome in order to move some of them have been here for generations and they're they're living in a very very substandard uh house or whatever and to think of moving would require number one some money some resources to be able to do that second some just that's i've been here grandma built this house or great grandma it goes back a hundred years we've been here we just can't leave uh, well, sometimes some that's do. all some they do. have. Sometimes that's all they have. I remember when I started giving away um, laptops about three years ago. I remember a principal saying to me, um, "Rich people, you know, middle class people, rich people, well off people, people with means have things. Poor people yeah. only have each other, Correct. and they don't encourage generations to move away. They hold on tight, and even if you could move, really all you have is that house." Uh-huh. I noticed a lot of the ones I met didn't have reliable cars, if any sort of transportation. So it really is quite stunning to drive up there and see the difference. Uh, for for people who don't realize how big 36, if you if you don't know the the congressional district for 36, it is 730. Last count I got 731,256 people. It goes um, basically from the Clear Lake Pasadena area up to Livingston, over to Newton at the Louisiana border, down to Orange. It was gerrymandered around Beaumont, then comes back west on I-10 to Baytown, south on 146 um, through Laporte, back into Seabrook and Clear Lake, stops before you go over the Kima Bridge. Uh, You have a lot of addiction in the area, too. People don't realize uh, opioid addiction is really ripping southeast Texas apart, isn't it? Yes, it is, and I I don't see that where is... Uh, saved from that like uh, you would think because we're so sparsely uh, populated but yes it has reached us and of course the in our area there is virtually no place to go to get help because as i refer i called it the other day it's one of the newton is like orange it's one of the areas where i call it a health care desert um and, and to us orange and see just looking from our perspective Orange is just a, a, a big place, big city, with all kinds of good stuff. Right. Orange uh, I mean, looks like it, a metropolis to you. It's relative. We're, we're very sparsely populated. There's only like 2,400 people live in Newton, and we're the county seat. Uh, so we do have some some pluses. Like, for one thing, we only have one stoplight. And seeing <laughs> that is a difference between where I lived, and I used to commute into the ship channel to work, so it's just so radically different and i guess the reason we stayed is the hope and prayers to be able to try to make a difference uh, amongst the people here it became our ministry and i would love to see uh, 
economic development better and the uh, creation of industry and jobs, even small industry and jobs. Doesn't have to, you know, it's not going to be a big refinery employing a whole lot of people. But the attempt to to bring economic development here so there can be a few jobs anyway that people could uh, Well, that was going to be my next question for you is how do we fix it? And, and, and one of the <clears throat> things I would love to see is uh, your neighbors in Jasper. Jasper has a great economic council. Uh, yeah. They are trying yeah. to develop business in Jasper. Uh, Newton could easily be a suburb of Jasper if you had that sort of economic development. You know, mm-hmm. one of the things, one of the biggest growing, best paying jobs right now is coding and programming. If mm-hmm. Newton and Jasper and that area had access to free high speed Wi Fi, what if we could bring somebody like Google Fiber in and cover the entire area? You can teach yourself to code online for free. There are all kinds of free instructions online if you have access to the internet, which so much of this area doesn't. And that's what I keep going back to. I look at all these different areas that I want to represent, and I look at Jasper and Newton and say, this could be a hub of technological um, breakthroughs and programming, and it's so simple, all you need is that high-speed Wi-Fi in that area because you've already got the Economic Council that's looking for ways to bring in business into the area. And where are the needs in our country right now? Uh, Programmers, there's all kinds of things you could be doing. Uh, Disney recently offered work-from-home jobs that were Uh full-time jobs exclusively in Texas with full benefits, doing customer service from home. I mean, what a great job. All you had to have was a love of Disney, a high school diploma or a GED equivalent, and high-speed Wi-Fi, which totally wiped out most of my district to be eligible for that job. And the part you said about free, even if it were uh, reasonable, would be great. When I first came here, and this is mind-boggling, I moved from a place that had uh, almost instantaneous uh, DSL. And I moved here in 04, and it was dial-up. So uh, now we do have uh, DSL through Windstream, but it's, uh, it's well, it's pricey. It's pricey and, and it's spotty and it's not fast because I've used it when I'm up there. Well, uh, and some people don't, can't get it. Well, yeah, they live they can. away from the city, they can't get it at all. Right. So, and if you can't get it, you can't afford yeah. it. So it's just exactly. And, and I say your tax dollars paid to develop the Internet and your tax dollars continue to pay for the foundation that the Internet sits on. So we have got to find ways to to get it to the people, because just imagine what people could create, what they could invent, what they could learn. Um, we just and, and not only just students, but somebody who's lost their job in lumber. This would give them an opportunity to learn some new skills. And there's just, I mean, the the possibilities are endless, yet big business continues to say, no, we need to make a a profit off of that. Before we run out of time, you and I, I think, are in in 100% agreement on Medicare for all? Oh, absolutely. Uh, The people here, like I work in, like you mentioned, we run the the food pantry, and uh, I'm 72. And we have people come in, and they're in, you know, obviously very bad shape, Uh, a lot of them because they've had no real medical. They, they get sick uh, or get hurt real bad, they go to ER, that's it. Uh, they, they really have no preventive care. And they'll come in and I'll think, oh, this person must really be old 
and they're like 15 years younger than me. Wow. And wow. The, the medical. I'd like to say something about our school system if we have time. We yep. have really good school, uh, actually three different districts, uh, Deweyville, Brookville, uh, and Newton. Newton has about a total of 1,000 students, and it is a, a very, very well-disciplined school. It's very well operated, and the community here in Newton revolves around it, mainly because of football. But in the Texas system, my perception is it's very much underfunded. And oh, yeah. People, people struggle. The teacher salary is just Dismal. It's horrendous and needs to be improved. And to have jobs, we also need to be able to provide the specialty training that your uh, people could get jobs. And because we're a small system, you know, you compare it to like Clear Lake High School that I used to drive by all the time and see uh, and all the not only the size, but also the resources they have. And compared to here, we just don't have the resources. We don't have the support. And sometimes I think Austin doesn't even know where we are. Well, Austin so. doesn't know you exist, and, and, and Brian Babin doesn't know you exist. But I do, and that's why I wanted to have you on. I think you're one of the most forgotten areas of 36. And that's the point of this show. Thank you, Pastor Joe. We'll do this you again. Bet. Thank you. All right. You take care. Thank you. All right. Pastor Joe Miller, he runs the Newton Food Share in Newton County. It's their food bank. Uh, Again, one of my earliest supporters, and I appreciate that. That is the point of this show, The Voice for Southeast Texas, is to give people in this district who have not had a voice for so long a chance to talk about what's happening, a chance to talk about what's wrong, and a chance to talk about what they need to fix it. We will uh, stop for a little bit of music. We'll be back in just a few minutes and wrap things up, and I thank you so much for uh, being with us today. You're listening to The Voice for Southeast Texas. I'm Dana Steele. You're listening to The Voice for Southeast Texas, Dana Steele. If you would like to be in the studio audience for Dana's show, contact info at vinyldraft.com. That's info at V-I-N-Y-L-D-R-A-U-G-H-T dot com.
Vinyl Draft Radio is recorded live in the Associated Credit Union of Texas studio. If you would like to be in the studio audience for Dana's show, contact info at vinyldraft.com. That's info at V-I-N-Y-L-D-R-A-U-G-H-T dot com. Now, back to more of Dana Steele, the voice for Southeast Texas from the Associated Credit Union of Texas studio. Thank you so much for being a part of our inaugural broadcast today for The Voice for Southeast Texas. I'm Dana Steele. The whole point of this show is to give Southeast Texas, specifically Congressional District 36, a voice. It's a huge, huge district with uh, over 730,000 people, many, many who have been forgotten and not given a voice. Um, and even those of us who have, maybe down, uh, you know, in the Clear Lake area, in Baytown, in Orange, now all nine counties suffering from what Harvey wreaked on us, which just, you know, sometimes it seems like it was a year ago, and sometimes it just seems like it was a, uh, a few weeks ago. I call it Harvey time. It's just sort of through a through a couple months blip there in all of our lives there's so much to talk about there's so much good to talk about we have some great areas um we've got the 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 johnson space center we've got the port of houston we've got space center houston i want to talk to people with all of those things Uh, by the way space center houston started something really cool it is family campouts under the wing of the 747. So if you go to Space Center Houston's website, you can find out more information about that. So we're going to talk about those things. We're also going to talk about you know, where there is great need, and, and that is healthcare, education, jobs. It's a mantra, healthcare, education, jobs. What do we do to fix things? What do we do to make things better for people? Those are the guests we'll be talking to. And we can't do a podcast, I don't think, without addressing what happened on Sunday in uh, with our neighbors in Sutherland Springs. Such a sad, sad uh, event. 26 people losing their lives to uh, a madman with a gun. We're going to be talking with former astronaut Mark Kelly. Hopefully next week, Mark um, became the reluctant expert on gun violence after his wife, Congresswoman Gaffy Giffords, was shot in the head at a meet and greet, um, which she survived, and she's getting stronger and stronger each and every day, and they have created an organization called the courage to fight gun violence so we're going to find out what does that mean what does that entail how do we have the conversation how do we talk to each other without it being just a shutdown that one side wants it this way and the other side wants it this way and we do nothing but just 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 yell and fight and scream we have to have a conversation to figure out what does gun reform mean? What does it look like? How are we going to do it? We're also going to be speaking with the flood attorney who got that moniker after Hurricane Katrina going after FEMA for money that people deserve and need to rebuild and recover. So we will uh, have him on the show hopefully next week as well. Don't forget today is election day. Please get out and vote. Get out and vote. And remember, if you do not have access to a photo ID in the state of Texas. There are other things you can use, your voter registration certificate, a birth certificate, a utility bill, a bank statement, a government check, a paycheck, or a government document such as your FEMA paperwork. If you are turned away from a polling place, let me know, let someone else know. It is your right as American. Get out and vote. Exercise that right. And thank you again for being a part of the show. Info at DanaSteele.com. If you'd like to be on the show or you need more information, um, again, 
it's our very first show little glitches here and there we'll figure out but it's just so great to be back doing this and to be a voice for southeast texas have a great day have a great week you've been listening to the voice for southeast texas dana Steele. for more information or to be on the show visit danasteel36.com that's d-a-y-n-a-s-t-e-e-l-e-36.com Join us next Tuesday at 9 a.m. for more of The Voice for Southeast Texas, Dana Steele. The preceding program, The Voice for Southeast Texas, was paid for by the Dana Steele Campaign.